Hey YouTube, it's Rizwan, Anthony, and Nathan, and we are extremely late on bringing you part 5 of our Tokyo user video, and for that I apologize. Uh, unfortunately, my computers have been acting up more than normal, my desktop blew out, my laptops, well, it's a brick now, so mm. no use uh, lamenting about that. But uh, good news, my desktop is more or less fixed, it's still kind of buggy, but we're able to do our videos finally, so that's a good sign. Uh, like I said, we have Anthony and Nathan tonight. We're going to try and wrap up uh, Espresso Sentai Tokizer. We left off on episode 43. Tonight, we're going to just go through 44 all the way to the end, give our final thoughts, and call it a case closed on the rest of Tokizer. Um, Nathan, do you want to start this one off? Yeah. I'll get started now. All right. So, we left off uh, it. So, in the previous episode of uh, Tokyujur, <clears throat> there was this brief scene where when Hikari and Kagura were trapped in a dollhouse, right was right while he was uh, grieving over their supposed deaths, was kneeling down, and he started emitting some darkness. And the only person who noticed this was actually Akira. And as this episode begins, Akira is still wondering about, like, <clears throat> the whole right emitting darkness. And he, and he, he's still bothered by that uh, because it's it's obviously very suspicious considering how it's not normal for the Soulfugers to emit darkness. And while he's thinking about that, Conductor announces to the Tolkujers that they've been <clears throat> that they've been summoned to the Hyperatia Terminal. AKA and, they've been summoned to the principal's office because they've been bad kids. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and when they meet the president, uh, the president uses this fan, I, I guess a special fan, to expose that not only is right emitting darkness, but it's <clears throat> actually the darkness of Emperor Zet himself. Dun dun dun! And everything comes full circle. Yep. So, about this point, we find, and the whole uh, point of right waking up on uh, a shadow line train instead of the rainbow line like the other four at the beginning of the series, that turns out to actually be important because. Apparently, back when the Tolkujers were still kids, and one of the big things that got Zet obsessed with shining things was that he had seen, seen Wright as part of this uh, shining thing, even though he was cloaked in darkness, and he heard him singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, which is something that he had that he was always singing obsessively in the past. And he... Uh, it's kind of complicated, but <clears throat> Zet sort of made a connection to Wright, where, like, it's kind of a yin and yang thing. Like, uh, Zet exists, like, Zet tried to gain, gain some of Wright's shining and ended up, like, implanting a little bit of darkness into Wright. So that's actually why Wright woke up on a Shadowline train instead of the rainbow line. And 
So, uh, so we have that big plot twist. Now, after that, uh, Glita arrives on the uh, dark liner of General Schwartz, and they make this plan to. <clears throat> they make this plan to uh, head to the ca- head to the castle terminal so that they can pretty much destroy it and take back their hometown. And the Tolkutras agree, but they don't want Wright to get involved because of his whole connection to Zed. So they tie him up, and they prepare to head toward the castle terminal on their rachas. Once again. And <clears throat> and as soon as they get there, uh, of course, the Shadow Line is waiting, and they attack with the with some of their Dark Liners, and Akira volunteers to just hold them off, and for no reason whatsoever, he takes the Hyper Risha and transforms into Hyper Tokyo Rokugo, and this is the first time, but it's really unspectacular. Like, he just swipes it, transforms, and that's it, so... Wait, while and, he's in the Mecca. And there really didn't seem to be much of a reason, since I don't think the... Ratio since the hyper, I don't think the race hyper ratio would add much more power to it, so there was really no rhyme or reason for it. But so Akira is holding them off, and <clears throat> the Tolkugers uh, run into the castle keeper pawn, which is the uh, keeper of this shadow town. And while they're and while the Tolkugers are on their way, they run into a bunch of crows. Uh, the Shadowlands foot soldiers, and Toga and well, no, no, no. Togachi first attacks them as uh, Tokyo Nigo Yellow, and then Hikari, thank God, starts taking over as the fight, and he's the one using the other races to fight the crows since uh, they're in a shadow town. And the episode ends with Wright uh, <clears throat> confronting. Emperor Z, and he realizes that he has no memory of the meaning, and he tries to transform so that he can fight Zet, and he ends up transforming into this really black, admittedly kind of sparkly looking, uh, black form of his Tokyo Ishigo uh, form. Wasn't a fan of that. And no, uh, it's... It, so pretty much it just shows that he's been engulfed in darkness, and that's how that episode ends. I actually like the dark suit, Dave. You do? Yeah, okay. I like that it's a black outfit. I wanted him to have a black Tokyo True. But I don't like all the glitter on it. Yeah, it, it looks ridiculous. That kind of eliminates the meaning of why this, of why he's transforming into dark in the first place. Exactly. It's like it's still light, except he's not... Because, well, you know, he's not. So, I don't get it. <coughs> but it was a really cool idea, like, to have a black Toki user, because... Yeah. Um, I know Kyrie's had a black one, but... We haven't seen a lot of black Rangers in the past couple of Sentais. No, we haven't. I think, uh... Oh, wait, no, no, no. Kyrie technically, but... Well, that's what I said. Uh, Kyrie had one, but... Um, aside from him... There weren't many others before. Yeah, we've only had fake ones. Uh, Go Buster yeah. didn't have one. Go Kaiser didn't have one. If you, unless you count like the transformations into past T people. Um, Sin Cancer didn't. 
Gosager did, but uh. Gosager didn't count for anything. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think uh. Yeah, it's been pretty a long time. It's been a pretty long time since. We've I mean, had it's not like. Almost every season has a red. Well, okay, every season has a red. Every season has a blue. Every season has a blue. Mm. Most every season has a pink. And all but uh, three seasons have yellow. Yeah. So, all right. There's definitely <laughs> some level of, like, lacking in the black department, but... Yeah. And I mean, I still, I'm still the guy that wants like a black Gokaiser because I think a black pirate would be very fitting, given like black beard and all that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what do I know? All right, so we move on to episode forty-five. Uh, Glita, has moved into the castle terminal. Uh, and Akira, still transformed aside for Rokugo, uh, starts fighting Baron Nero and Marchionis Mork. Still can't, re still don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Does it really matter at this point? It nope. doesn't. And he, <clears throat> so he manages to knock those two people out of the fortress, and the Tokyo's hometown is saved. Yay. But. But then the Tokyo's find Wright still as dark, still in his dark form, fighting Zet, and the two fights between Wright and Zet and Akira and those two other guys, they end up encountering each other. Wright ends up unconscious, and and Nero and Mork take Zet away, and pretty much uh, from this point forward, we kind of get a it's pretty much an instant replay of the Mirai Sentai Time Ranger or Power Rangers oh, Time Force God. finale, which is yeah. kind of... The, sadly, I feel like it was done way better in Time Force and possibly in Time Ranger. I've not seen Time Ranger yet. It's also kind of funny how the head writer of Tokyo was also the head writer of Time Ranger, so she's starting to rip herself off. How do you do is that? It, is it self-plagiarizing if you're plagiarizing yourself, too? I guess not, but I mean, still. I think it just has a, a devoid of ideas and originality at this point. Pretty much. Well, well, some people have said that this year, uh, the head writer Yasuke Kobayashi was in charge of four other shows. Mm -hmm. So I guess, so I guess this show was just the one that she was the least interested in. Do you blame her? No, no, I don't. I mean, to our viewers, I'm sorry, but Tokyo's has gotten to the point where. I just can't. Wright's really stupid. It really is. But anyway, we'll get to that later on. So, on the castle terminal, Zet finds Glita, and and sh and it kind of turns out in a weird twist that Glita didn't kill Zet because she pities him and his lust for having sh and his lust for shining things. So, Zet supposedly kills Glita, but we see her off screen and she's just screaming, so that probably automatically means that she's not dead. Okay. Um, Word of advice for everyone out there. I don't care what TV show it is, I don't care what anime you're watching, I don't care what it is, but if you see a character die off screen, 
chances are they're not really dead. Exactly. By the way, that was totally spoilers, but whatever. I mean, even I know that she wasn't dead when I saw that, so... But, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> pretty much from this point forward, Zet decides that pretty much having the attitude of, since he can't have anything shining, no one will, so... He sets it child. Oops. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he pretty much decides that he will mount a full assault on the world, and as they make the preparations... Uh, the Tokugers are ready to just return to their hometown and just happy to be back home. But, uh, but Wright, <clears throat> and Wright is worried about what will happen to him since he's been in darkness for too long. And he doesn't want the other Tokugers to share his fate. So, <clears throat> the president tells him that the best way for them to do that is to destroy their rainbow passes, and they'll forget about being Tolfugers. Yeah. And yeah. so as so as the so as they make the preparations to go fight, first Wright sneaks their rainbow passes away. Uh, then he gets on the train, and we get pretty much the exact same scene that we saw in Power Rangers Time Force. Wright's on the Wright's on the train, and he's about to head away, and we got people banging on the door, and this is supposed to be a big dramatic moment. Uh, Wright, Wright throws their rainbow passes into fire and destroys them, which reverts them back into their kid forms, and they lose their memory, which is shown since Akira quite briefly encounters them, and they don't recognize Akira at all. Yeah. yeah. And... Even though it was a plan for Wright to wait for Akira so that those two could fight together, Wright decides that he wants to go in alone. And we once again rip off Power Rangers Time Force with this uh, in the final scene of this episode where Wright literally charges into, charges at a large group of foot soldiers unmorphed, and that's literally how the episode ends. But yeah. it's nowhere near. Meanwhile, uh, Akira realizes that Wright sent him to go make sure that the kids are okay. Just so Wright could go do that alone without him around to get hurt as well. So. It's not exactly as effective in Power Rangers Time Force, though, because Wright is not Wes. Well, no. Wes's a badass, so I mean. Mm -hmm. And then Eric is really cool, too, so. Exactly. Yeah. So, in our penultimate episode, Station 46. Good news the word. Right. Wright is fighting against uh, Wright manages to successfully defeat the foot soldiers but then Zet arrives and Wright gets pretty much gets his butt whooped and um. and Akira manages to come and save him but he ends up heavily injured and I'm I'm not entirely sure how this all works I know that uh the other four Tokugers return to their secret base and they start remembering right and that ends up resulting in that ends up resulting in them re like creating new rainbow passes which helps them regain their memory to become adults and Tokugers again, I think. Uh and so So they go back to their adult forms and Wright and Akira head to the castle terminal, uh, once again fighting uh, Nero and Mork. 
and and the episode ends uh, like well they get cut off from Akira and the I'm not sure how this worked how this happened uh, all of the other Tokugers except Akira get engulfed by darkness at the end of the episode with the Hyperatia terminal and no 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 in the Rainbow Line Express and then Zed transforms the castle terminal into this giant monster and you know it just ends on a big cliffhanger nothing nothing really that big uh <coughs> and then finally we get to our last episode huzzah yay finally um yeah Carry on, Nathan. So the so the Tokugers arrive. Well, okay, actually, no, no, no. Now I remember what happened. Wright and Zet were both engulfed by darkness because Wright was defeated by Zet. So the other Tokugers arrive in the Rainbow Line and they successfully save Wright. And and at the same time, uh, Akira encounters Baron Nero. And we do get it, and this is actually a really cool moment that kind of partially saved the finale for me, where uh, Akira, despite, like, all throughout the series, Akira's been going around claiming that the rainbow, that every single battle is going to be his place his to place die. His place to die. Yep. And, <laughs> it, and this ends with him declaring that he will keep on fighting on the rainbow line and it will be his place to live. So we get some yeah. final moments of character development for him, and that's pretty awesome. It is. That was really cool. I'll, I'll agree that with was that. Cool. And so, he gets into a one-on-one fight with Baron Nero, and then and then he ends up getting attacked by that castle terminal robot that I just talked about, and the Tilkutors arrive in the Rainbow Line, and in probably the most rushed way, the Rainbow Line, and it doesn't even transform, it just like it just like charges right through uh, the castle terminal and destroys it. So, yeah, screw that. Lame. Tension. Lame. So yeah, yeah, screw that. Screw that tension. And <laughs> and then all six of the Tokugers come together to fight Zet, Nero, and Mork. And to just kind of sum up the battle, uh, it was actually pretty badass. Yeah, they managed to they managed to overpower uh, Mork and Nero, who then give their energies to Zet. I thought and... Zet stole it from them because he's like, "Well, screw y'all." But they were willing to give their energy anyway, so it wasn't. Well, like... I guess because they're like really useless lapdogs, it didn't really matter how yeah. it worked out. They were that loyal that they just didn't care. Like, okay, take yeah, it. Take it. We must serve our master. <laughs> Server master. We'll talk about this more later on. So, the series. So the final battle comes. So Zed is assumed his final form, and all the <coughs> other Tolkudras are defeated. So Wright takes up all the other Rachas, and the episode ends with. Well, he starts. Well, first he starts off by like transforming into all the different forms. He goes into red, yellow, green, pink, and strangely enough, he. Manages to transform into orange, even though he wasn't able to do that before. Uh, and no, they don't explain how he was able to do that. Uh, and and what and I know this is kind of weird, but I w- the changer actually says orange, even though if you 
like my friend Levinson showed me this. If you take the build ratio and put it in the Tokyo Changer, it actually says you're transforming into Builder, not Orange. So that was kind That's of weird. But that'd be Tokyo Builder. Yeah. So he transforms into all six of their forms, and then he combines all their colors together to form Tokyo Rainbow. And with that, he scores the final blow on Zet successfully. Zetson. Yeah, Zet Shin, sorry. Yeah. And he successfully defeats him. Zet reverts back to his human form, and he's picking up by Glita, who, who, what a shocker, wasn't killed. I told and, you, they never die if, if it's off screen. It just didn't happen. Yep. And this, and she takes Zet off, and they go to like God knows where, and that's actually never going to be explained since everybody thought that Zet was going to come back as the. That's the purple folk future in this future movie, but it turns out it's going to be Conductor. And don't, 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 I, 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 I'm not, nope. I still want to watch the stupid movie, and I don't want to watch it. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it either, and I'm not oh. going to, so. <laughs> uh, and we get a pretty heartfelt ending. Uh, at first, the Tokyujers consider just remaining as Tokyujers and going on adventures still, but then... They meet up with their families, and they revert back to children, and the series ends with the Tokyujers watching the Rainbow Line uh, steam off with Akira, Wagon, and a Conductor and Ticket on board, and they, and pretty much the entire series ends with our Rainbow Line workers going back to their job, and the Tokyujers going back to kids to be with their families. Yeah. Oh, actually, actually, um, you missed something. There is there. something really important you missed, but um, Anthony, you want to, I guess. What was yeah. that? Um, okay, go ahead. When they arrive at their um at their town, they are greeted by um, their family, and one by one, they're like, "Oh, well, you know." I knew it was you the whole time, and you know, even though they, even though they were, they were still adults, they still recognized them as their children, and it was very heartbreaking. I felt, I felt part. Yeah. Know. Also, there's a filler episode where um, the Tokyo's write these letters to their parents to say, "Hey, we're coming to get you. We're coming to save you," and they throw it on the dark hole to the shadow land where the, where their town was. And lo and behold, the parents actually got the letters, and that's how they recognize the kids as being their in their adult form. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool, actually, in my opinion. Like seeing uh, that little interaction, I was like really heartfelt. It was a, it was a really good ending to a really bad Sentai. Yes. <laughs> Although this is kind of funny enough, like I'm just now looking at this, and this is really interesting. The final battle literally seems to be almost like I mean with a few changes here and there it almost seems very similar to the Gokaiger final battle like yeah it is you have them doing the roll call before they before they've even completed transforming mm-hmm. Wright manages to break Zet's sword in the same way that guy destroyed Akido's gill sword and yeah. the final battle and the final blow ultimately comes up with like one of the rangers holding up the team bazooka at point blank and everybody else joining in and that's how they defeat him. So well, that's what I found really weird about it was that ending where they do that. Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. I was watching the first time I was like, okay, that's really epic, but at the same time I'm like, well, the reason it's epic is because they're <coughs> up a Gokaiser and I love Gokaiser. 
Mm-hmm. But, um... I, I guess we can get to, like, actual discussion of the season, because we're done with the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'd like to open up, if you don't mind, with some thoughts on the matter. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, okay. Like I mentioned in a previous video, this is my second full Sentai I've watched. The first one being Kaiser. And as of early this morning, I actually watched the entirety of Kyoraiser. The season that preceded Tokyoizer with the motif of uh, dinosaurs. And it was pretty epic. I loved it. So, three Sentais down. All 20 seasons of Power Rangers. And I have to say that on a whole, Tokyoizer is probably on the lowest of low tiers in terms of quality and plot and character development. I agree. I mean, I mean when when you have like characters that are being overshadowed this badly by a red, you you start to wonder like what is going on here. And I'm going to point this out cuz I've heard this on numerous forums and it's fresh in my mind cuz I was finished it this morning. But Tokyo is infinitely more red centric than Kyoraiser is. Mm-hmm. And Kyoraiser is kind of red centric, I'll give it that, but not totally. At least the red is kind of likable in Kyoraiser, whereas in Tokyo I have no love for right. Mm-hmm. Right from day one was irritating to me. And yeah, I could- I could definitely agree with that. Like, I may not have been the biggest fan of Daigo, but at the same time, <clears throat> I thought that Daigo was at least an upbeat character. He never did anything, like, completely annoying or anything. No, I mean, like, okay, the thing with Daigo is, and I, I know we're talking curious here, but it's a good way to contrast two characters that are more or less the same thing, but how they're implemented is different. Daigo and Wright are both really optimistic. They're both very, um positive characters. They see the best in everyone. They want to be the best in everyone. Like, Daigo goes around, like, saying, we're a Sentai, we're this, we're that, we're an awesome team, we love each other, whatever. Um, right, it's all like, well, I can imagine, I can see the battle in my mind, I see how it's gonna end, I'm a really badass, this and that. And he, and they both try to inspire their teams. The problem is, with Right, I don't feel inspired. Mm-hmm. half the time. I feel like, okay, cool. You can imagine some stupid ending because you're imagining it. But imagination just doesn't work as well in this motif, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it just it bugs me the way Wright was in this season. A lot. I mean, in my opinion, I think the villains are better developed. I agree. And that's sad. And I can definitely say, like, as of now, I have seen 18 Sentais all the way through, and every now and then, I'll have, there'll be, like, a bland red, like, for example, Sun Vulcan, the red, well, the second red was okay, but the first red was incredibly bland. Uh, I I don't care for Gose Red, but still... A lot of I, really annoying... Yes. But still, yes. I have to admit that Wright is probably the Sentai Red that I still hate the most. Like, 
and that's really saying something, so. Yeah, when you've seen 18 of them and you still think Wright's the worst. Now, how does Wright compare, in your opinion, with, like, the Rangers? Like, the ra Red Rangers we've had. Well... Like, Axel Power Ranger Rangers, <coughs> Japanese equivalent. What? Oh, you you mean, like, Power Rangers and Power Rangers not Sentai? Yeah, like, how would Wright compare with the other Reds, like, I don't know, and I'm gonna throw out like the big extremes, like Andros, Tommy, and all them. Where would I, Wright fall for you? Wright would definitely, like, I, I still think that a bunch of our Red Rangers are better than Wright. Uh, like Andros, and Andros definitely, mm -hmm. uh, Casey. Yep. Is there uh, any Red that you think Wright is better than? Aside well, from Mac, because that's a given. Yeah, of course. Um, Nick, Nick. Um, yeah. So most people would probably say Troy, but I mean, per, not. I mean, Troy is just a boring Red Ranger. He was just there, and yeah. Uh, I would probably call him better than Nick because Nick was like at at least right when it came to like stealing the show. He only stole like the first five, like the last few episodes. Nick is the most annoying Red is the most annoying Mystic Ranger, and he stole the focus for the entire season. So, yeah. that... So, plus, I mean, Nick was, like... Like, Nick's entire personality was just an entire precursor for the entire Overdrive team, so he was really unlikable. So, I would probably call Wright better than Nick, but aside from that, uh... Aside from Mac and Nick, though, there's not that many Red Rangers that I hate, so... I, I don't know. I guess only Mac and Nick would be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I'm pretty new to Sentai, in term, like, compared to you two, but I, I can't see how there are worse um, character developments than these. I mean, for the most part, Wright stayed the same. He didn't develop in the, even in the slightest, in my opinion. No. He starts off all, well, I, I can see the imagination, I can see your final end, I can see all the stuff, and there, there's nothing really to him aside from that. Um, he doesn't change, he doesn't evolve, he goes through a little bit of darkness at the end, but even that, he's like really upbeat, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defeat this, I'm gonna work hard and get it done. He doesn't really despair. No, he just... Text the same. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, Takati. Um. They gave him a lot of focus episodes. I felt, but they don't give him a lot of actual development, which is really weird to me. Like I, I just finished watching a season where people are telling me it's red centric, but yet I can, with a lot of confidence, say each of the primary six got some level of development where they come out the season different than they came in. So this is my perception to me. I mean, you know, it's it just... Takati came in as really nerdy, gaudy, nerdy individual, and, like, just really awkward to talk to and all this stuff. He ends the same way. Like, there's nothing different about him. Nope. And they were hinting at this romance with Mio, but aside from them like having a brief moment in the clip show episode, 
there there is no finality with that romance. Like it goes absolutely nowhere. I think nope. Kagura and uh, Hikari is a better romance. And I mean, granted, I've only seen a few. Like of all the Sentai's that I've seen, I think there are only like one or two where I can say that there have been like finalities with romance. It's like a Jetman for sure, but that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, and de it definitely uh, Bokinger in a way, but for the most part, I, I guess I can't hate on the romance that much since romances usually don't go anywhere in Sentai, but... Yeah. Still, I mean, I mean look, it's the same thing in Power Rangers. We had, like, aside from Wes and Zen, the most romantic-driven thing we had was Andrus and Astley. Mm -hmm. And Andrus and Astley never kissed. They were never intimate, as far as we could tell. I think at most they hugged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing we see with Daigo and Amy and Kira Razor. Like, they they keep having this thing hinted at us that Amy likes him. So I don't know if Daigo likes him. But in the end, Daigo's like, well, I do like you. And at the end, I expected, like, a big kiss on the lips. But instead, we get, like, this really touching hug. Where they're just, like, close to each other. They're touching and all that. And then a hundred years later in the movie, you see the finality of the romance where because they've gotten married, they had the kids, they had grandkids, and the great-grandkids, and all this nonsense, so there is some, like, finality with that one. But here, Mio and Takadi, I don't see it at all. No. Like, there was, like, one episode that they, like, hinted at it, but nothing came out about it. Yeah. Um, Kagura was a really cool character, I thought. She was really adorable and sweet. Yeah, still, Kagura is my, well, no, I'd say my third favorite, because, uh, like, Hikari and Akira are both my first and my second, but... Yeah. I, I still liked her. I, I, I did think it kind of sucked that most of the episodes kind of showed that she was acting more like a sidekick to Hikari and Mio, and I can't stand it when Sentai is like that, but... Mm -hmm. yeah. But still, when she did act alone, like in that episode where she wants to bake a cake, it, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mio was really like just a uh, overproductive mother hen, but at the same time, she didn't do a damn thing. No. If I were to be totally honest, I think only two two characters actually developed in, in the entire thing. And I'd be Kagura and I'd be Akira. And when I say Kagura, that's really stretching it. Like, that's pulling at straws at that point. And I would I would say that Mia was just, again, uh, the writer kind of copying herself again, because Mia almost seemed like a complete instant replay of Shinken Pink, and mm -hmm. she, was the, she was the head writer of Shinkinger, too, and Shinken Pink doesn't give much development either. It's like, she's probably the least developed Shinkinger, so, mm -hmm. yeah, the, Mio's just an instant replay of her. Yeah. Um, who else? Hikari. Hikari's my homeboy, dude. Like, he is, hands down, a total badass. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I mean, he's no Soji, but he's cool. Yeah, he's not Soji by any means, but he's a good second to Soji. I think Soji and him would get along really well. Mm, most likely. Um, I, I just love Hikari. I love his, like, Kendama detective thing. I loved... How he's like the cool, rational, thinking it through kind of guy. I, I really would like to see a Sentai, and Nathan, you can probably point me to one, where we have 
a Sentai where the main red is like a Hikari. Like a serious Red Ranger. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably, uh, I mean, Shinkinger for sure, but. Aside uh, from Shinkinger, is there anything else? Jetman, the Red Ranger, is like straight on serious. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he's a former soldier too, so. I would even go as far as say even Goldbuster Red. Yeah. It's kind of serious. Yeah, I could probably see that. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to find serious Reds nowadays since they're kind of intent on making our Reds be kind of goofy, hot-headed people. But yeah. But still, I mean, every now and then we'll get a serious Red, and you just got to appreciate them when they come. Yeah. Yeah. I think like me, Ninja is like he—he's a balance of both. Like he wants to be serious, but he still kind of does things, you know, in a goofy way. Mm. Um. Let's see who else did we have? Akira. Akira. Yeah, Akira is probably the best developed character we had. He went full circle. Like, um, started off villain, went down the path for Dempsey, working as a railway man for the Rainbow Line. Became a ranger, but was like an outcast. Or made himself an outcast. But then by the end, he felt like he was part of the team. He felt like he really cared for these people. He actually wanted more from it. Yeah, I can, uh... Especially that whole, like, Christmas episode saga where, like, he's forced to be turned against the Tokyujers. I think that was a really good, uh, setup. Because it was probably the ultimate test of his bond with the team, and... Yeah. That that was already kind of shown to be kind of questionable in the past, so mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um aside from that, I mean I really, 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 really hate hate, hate, hate conductor and ticket. Yeah, they were not good. The fact that team. conductor becomes purple pisses me off to no end. Yeah. Uh, they almost feel like I, I really hate to say this, but and especially since Riz hates this season, but I really want to say that as far as mentors go, they're like the equivalent of Princess Shayla. Oh yes, definitely. They, they yeah. are annoying. That I don't, I can't figure out if they have any wisdom to offer as a mentor. They barely qualify as a mentor. They're pretty much like Princess Shayla. Actually, Nathan. I'm going to have to disagree with you here. Like, what do you mean? I mean, I think Sailor was a better mentor than these two. Jesus. Wow. Damn it. <laughs> Considering coming from you and Wild Force is like your second most hated season, that's kind of big. Mm -hmm. I really... that That's just to the level that I hate them. President was okay. I don't mind... If President were actually a mentor to them, this would be... This would be a little bit better, I think. He explained more. He he does explain more. He actually gave a crap. Conductor, he just yell, he just goes around yelling, "Imagination, imagination, imagination," and we're just left there like, okay, we get it. There's the motif of imagination and trains. How do they go together? I still don't understand. Nope. But when you have a guy yelling that out, and he's kind of creepy looking like that, I I, I start to get really bugged. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, Ticket. Oh my god. Ticket was just useless. I mean, Ticket was the was the ultimate useless, worthless piece of crap character I've ever seen. 
Ugh. He and Dax would get along really well. He's probably yeah. I would probably. I mean, I can't technically call him the Dax of Sentai because he's not a ranger, unless you count that. No. Unless no, you count those five no. seconds where he's talking Rokugo, but no. yeah. No, 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 that's not a thing. No, it's not. That did not happen. Yep. Um. As far as the story, I felt like we stagnated a lot. Like half the time, the story is on hold while we just have filler. Mm-hmm. Actually, more than half. Like ninety percent of the time, we're we're having filler. There is no development. There's nothing progressing. You go from town to town. You defeat the monster today. You move on. Nothing comes of it except for like little nuggets of information about your hometown. Which, granted, that's progress. But nothing came of it. No. Um, I would have to actually say that if they had made Tokyo like a 26 episode run, like an anime would be like a standard anime run. I feel like they might have had a better thought at making this worthwhile. Yeah. The idea was cool. Like, trains are not a bad motif. Uh, the saddle line, the rainbow line, that's all cool and all, but yep. having this much filler, having this much disappointment, having such a horrible cast, um, well, having a cast treated the way that they were, it just didn't work. It, it it won't work. There's no way you can make it work. It, yeah, yeah. I can, I totally agree with that. I can't really say anything else. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything you you guys want to add on? Things I missed. Things y'all missed. Uh, final words. Not really. Um. Well, if we're gonna go around and like say our just complete final thoughts, just to. Uh, sum this whole thing up. Uh, I still hate Gosager the most. This is uh, Gosager is still my least favorite Sentai. Uh, this does come close though. I I don't. Uh, it does have way too much plot. Uh, no, no, no. It doesn't have enough plot. Uh, the only thing that makes this rank below above Gosager is that it does have interest. It does have a like one more interesting character than one more interesting character than Gosager because Gosager's only interesting character is uh, Gosei Knight. Uh, so for me, it's not as bad as Gosager, but it's still just, it, it was a bore for me and it watching it almost felt like a chore actually. So that's pretty much all I have to say about it. What would you give? What would you give it out of ten? I would. I'd probably give it a. I guess maybe a five out of ten because I don't want to rank it too low because, I mean, Hikari and Akira were really awesome characters and, that and there were a few moments where Tokyo could be really awesome, which is a lot more than I could say for Gosager. So, I guess a five or a six out of ten. It's. That's kind of hard for me. I'll say five. Okay. Anthony, any last words? The ticket was an annoying prick. What? Ticket was an annoying prick. No, that's a good final word. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I think I said my piece. I mean, the story was really badly done. There's no story whatsoever to speak of. The character felt was sit. Um, like, nothing happened to them ever. And I, I read a theory at one point where they say... Oh, the reason you don't get character villains is because they're still kids. They haven't aged at all the Matsira or anything. I'm like, well, that's bull. These are superhero kids. They just saved the entire world from a saddle line. They have to have Matsira to grow up in some way or another. Exactly. But they, mm -hmm. they really didn't. I mean, yeah, they the characters they grew up, I, I don't see it, though. I, I just didn't see it. And... While I did really enjoy the ending, that last battle scene was pretty epic. That didn't make up for everything else that happened. Yeah. It's... So. I guess, in all honesty, I could probably call it an instant replay of Gosage, or it wasn't, like, it had an enjoyable ending arc, because I'll admit that Gosage's final episode was awesome, but that's hardly enough to save the series. Yeah. I would actually give this a 4 out of 10. Ooh. But, I mean, you gotta remember, this is a skewed sample for me. Your 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 rating carries a lot more weight than mine will, because I haven't seen nearly as much as you two have. But, given all the animes I've watched and everything else I've seen in my life, on a grand total, taking everything into account, this is definitely a 4 out of 10 material. So, that's all I have to say about Chuck Eadzer. Um, next time we will be on episode 6 of Chuck Secrets. We're probably going to start talking about Nin Ninja a little bit, giving our first thoughts on it, talking about the anniversary. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's an anniversary thing, but I do know that Cocker Ranger and uh, Hurricane Ranger will be making an appearance in episode 7 that comes out later this weekend. Mm -hmm. So... I would like to have like a little talk about Ninenzer, the first impressions and all that. And then after, we're probably going to start talking about other Sentais, Common Rider maybe. Um, if any of our listeners out there are still listening and they like what we do, I'd encourage you guys to like, subscribe, comment, and pass the word around to where that Tokyo Secrets is a thing. And also... If you really enjoy what we're doing here and you want to be a part of it, I am accepting applications in the form of an email to me stating you're interested, and we'll get in contact with you to audition and see how you'd fit in with the team to maybe add on more people to our uh, podcast to uh, just broaden the experience for everyone, make it more uh, a, a diverse group. So... If you're interested in joining Tokyo Secrets, uh, send me an email at drake at animesecrets.org and I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Like I said, my computer's been kind of weird lately, so it may not be an instant reply, but I will definitely reply to you as soon as possible. So, with that said, um, this is the end of our first full Sentai review on Tokyo Secrets. Yes. I would like to <laughs> thank... thank Everyone that stuck around all this entire time and listened to everything we had to say, and I'd like to thank y'all. Tokyzer was probably not the best one to begin with, but we're hoping to get to more fun stuff like Kyrazer or Gokaizer or 
Heck, I even want to, like, talk about GoBuster at some point, or even Zero Ranger. There's so many other things out there that are so much more better than this. That I want to start exploring all those with you guys. And start bringing you more information on Sentai, get you guys more involved with it. And, I don't know, just, like, spread the love of Sentai. So... And Tokusatsu as a whole, I mean, I'm not going to leave out my Kamen Rider bros that are like, well, Riz, you promised to talk about uh, Kamen Rider at some point. We'll get to that too at some point. So, stay tuned. And with that, uh, we're going to bed. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye, guys.